schools in session. This is Recruiting Daily's Sourcing School Podcast. Real talk about recruiting, sourcing, and <clears throat> cyber sleuthing. Hot takes on sourcing tools, recruiting tech, and anything we want to talk about with no filter. It's time to level up and put your sourcing pants on. Here's your dudes, Ryan Leary and Brian Fink. All right, man. We are here with Mr. Garrick Chan. I guess I should. I guess I should introduce. What's up, Garrick? I guess I should say hi to hi to Brian. Right first. That's is that the the right way to do this? <laughs> okay, so we're so we're all here with Garrick Chan. It's Brian Fink. It's Ryan Leary. It's Garrick Chan. Um, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Sourcing School. Um, you know, Ryan, I, I don't know how you were going to introduce Garrick, but I just want to say before you say anything kind about him, <laughs> I'm I'm going to beat you to the punch. Is that Garrick Chan is the most positive recruiter out there? Okay. Oh, thank you. Sometimes. Like, Sometimes. No, no. Like, like when I think about karma and karma points, you have accrued a lot of them. You're good to people. You offer steadfast advice. I'm going to pass it back to Ryan. I'm going to let Ryan introduce you now that, that I've said, yeah, I stole the show. He's a senior That's technical a recruiter. Thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate the compliment. Thank you. Yeah. So, Garrick, where, where are you working now? Are you with Delson? I'm currently with Delson Talent. I'm taking projects with Delson Talent, but I'm kind of taking paternity leave right now till November. You had, we a, just baby? had a baby? Yeah, we just yeah. had a new baby. I was kind of quiet about it. I didn't really say anything about it for a long time. A lot of my family was even surprised. What? You guys have a kid? But I mean, like, you know, with COVID, like, we're not going out. We're not doing anything. And like, yeah. yeah. If you don't post online, nobody knows. I know. I was saying, I was saying you had a baby, not your wife. Yeah. Oh, sorry. My wife had a baby. My wife. Had a baby. <laughs> no, that's fine. Paternity leave for for men is fantastic. I had two weeks when uh, when when mine were born. So, amen to that. Amen to that. So, all right, man. We are talking about something. I think that irks the hell out of a lot of people. Free work. Free work. What did you title it? I forget what you called this. Um, I was I was actually making uh, reference to the Dire Straits song of uh, "Working for Nothing, Get Your Kicks for Free." Is that Dire Straits? I'm I'm not sure. I'm gonna have yeah, to check know. out Dire Straits real quick. I don't know. Look, man, I never saw Dire Straits. I've never I've never seen Star Wars. I've never seen Star Trek. Am I losing brownie points, Garrick? I, I see the face. We're on video too. I see. I see your face. And you know, I, I don't know Dire Straits either. I know Star Wars. I know Star Trek. I don't know Dire Straits either. All right. So so let's uh, let's I think jump it's a band, right. It's a music band. Yeah, right. it's it's Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Oh, there we go. I thought it was a movie. See, it's got to be a movie too. It was a it was a it was a really great video on MTV back in the day. You're dating yourself, brother. Okay. This is when music <laughs> television was actually music videos. Yeah. 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 And how many how many channels does MTV have today? Like fifty? I have no idea. Yeah. And and yeah. they all play the same thing every single day. It's on reruns. Anyhow. Whatever happened to downtown Julie Brown? <laughs> um, I, I guess that's our sourcing challenge that we can throw out for this episode. There if you go. want to be on the next show, um, Get back to us in the comments and let us know what happened to downtown Julie Brown. What's going Where on with her she? now? Where is she today? All right, Garrick, let's do this, man. Let's talk yeah. about it. So 
working for free, right? So you and I talked about this a little bit, and I know this is front of mind for a ton of recruiters out there, especially as they're part of the interview process. Let's jump into it, man. What are are your thoughts on this? Working for free, bringing someone in for the interview and making them work on a real world, real requisition or a real problem in development? You know, so I've heard both sides. I mean, I've heard the positive side from some people saying that they really want to know how you do this and how you can help us. And they want to see what you could do. They want to see your skills in action, which I guess I can understand. But at the same time, I think to myself, why can't I work on something else? Why can't I search for something else that will also let you know how my skills are and my thought processes about finding things versus me actually working on your live recs? Um, but I think that most of us, when we're interviewing, we want to put on a good impression. Uh, we want to do what we're supposed to be doing. Yes, Eris. He just broke to no, talk I've to somebody. So I asked mom, please. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that, guys. Garrick, we're live, oh. my man. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Keep running. I would ask you for a snack, and I can't. Yeah. Um, I, I know how that is. I have a I have a wanton four year old who is constantly on the prowl for snacks as well, Garrick. We are yeah, not I editing mean, that. He out. knows where to get snacks. He knows where to get snacks himself. But you know, I mean, yeah. Um, I guess he just really wanted to be on the call. He knew I was on a call today, this morning. Bring him on. Yesterday I had a call and he said, are you going to talk to me about data? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Anyways, we were talking about interviewing. So I think that most people, when you get to interview, you want to make a good impression with that company. And so are you really going to turn them down? Um, But after the first two or three times that you do it, you're just asking yourself like, why am I doing free work? And then should I be invoicing you next time? I mean, should I come up like and ask you like to invoice you if, if you're gonna if you're gonna ask me to do this? Um, but then yeah. that also turns the interview sour, and then you just should just think to yourself like I'm either going to do this free work for people at a chance at a chance to post, possibly get a job, or I'm just not going to do it anymore. So so to to recap, you know what what you're what you're describing is where people come into an interview. I want to make sure I understand this where people come into an interview and I say, Hey, Garrick, I'm looking for software engineers who know Kubernetes. And real quick, um, Garrick Chan has actually written a book on Kubernetes just to, to, to plug you on that for a quick second. Uh, yeah. Um, I was going to, so, so in all transparency and all truth, you know, you're you, for the interview, they say, we want you to find software engineers who know Kubernetes that have five years of experience, produce a list for us. Where does it, you know, I, I have no problem kind of showing that talent and showing that in a live requisition, but are you talking about that they want you to actually recruit the candidate and show what messaging looks like and how you would engage hiring managers? Oh, no, 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 not even that. Just even just the source, just the sourcing portion, you know, just the sourcing portion. I mean, like, you know, I, I don't understand why you guys are looking for machine learning engineers. Great. But there's a ton of different machine learning engineers out there or Kubernetes or whatever it is. Right. Um, but what are specifics for your company that make it specific to your company? And then so you just, the interviewer may say, here, go to our careers page, look at this rec, here's the description for a machine learning engineer, go find it for me. Show me how you would find these people and find me five candidates, source five candidates for me right now and show me how you do it. So, so I got some thoughts here. I, I don't mind that process. Where, I'm, where I think it crosses the line is if it's a live requisition, and they reach out to those candidates and ultimately bring them into the process and, they're, and they don't bring you on board, right? So they're leveraging you in that interview to show your skills, perfectly fine, 
do it on a dead requisition. If you're doing that on a live requisition, and maybe recruiting is not the best example. We talk about maybe developer. You're bringing a developer in to the company and you stick them into in front of five people for a technical interview and you stick a whiteboard in front of them and you say, here's a problem we're having today. How do you solve it? Let us see your, let us see your thought process. That I think crosses the line because now you've got a table full of people, sure, checking out this person's technical ability, but you're also potentially using his solution if it fits and you may not even hire him and you're not paying him for that. And the interviewee has no idea whether or not you've used their solution or not. Right. They just know that they didn't get the job and then pass and move on to the next one. But at the same time, why go through this body of work for something that, for something with the hope of getting a job, right? The hope well, of getting a job. So, so I, I look at this in, a, in another dimension, right? Like we're not, not like the, the far away dimension or whatever, the dimension where QAnon exists or whatever, but like, and look at this in another dimension, another space and say, if you're showing the, if, if you are showing them how you found the candidate, does that give you an opportunity to build rapport with a hiring manager that you would work with in the future? And if so, is it indicative and show how you build relationships with hiring managers and, and ultimately, um, you know, how that can fluctuate or show you what the working environment is going to be in that organization? You know, so this would be great if they actually set you up with the hiring manager. In my experience, it hasn't been the hiring manager. Sometimes it's been another recruiter or somebody, maybe even someone who's even more junior to you. Um, but, and then you can talk to them about process. You can try to ask questions that you would ask if you were the source. If you're actually working there, like you can run through a list of questions that you would actually go through and ask the hiring manager to get details about the role. And they just said, no, well, just what's, what's listed there on the, on the requirement, find those people for me. And they keep going back to that, just, just go find those people for me. Because in a real world situation, it would be different, right? I might have access to different tools. I'd have access to tools that you have. I would have access to the hiring manager to better learn and understand why you're hiring for this role or what, what is it about this role that makes it different than any other machine learning or Kubernetes or DevOps role? What does it make the particular about your company versus anyone else, right? I mean, to me, that's what the distinction is. Eric, you, you bring up something important there. As you said, you know, you have different tools and you might have different tools once you become a recruiter with the organization. Should the tools that you're familiar with play a part in the, how, how should the tools that you're familiar with play a part in the interview process? Um, I think you can share what tools you're familiar with, what tools you might use. I mean, that's how you would talk about how you do your, how you do your magic. Right? What tools do I use and what tools do I have? But like tools are ultimately just tools. And how do you show how do you use how do you how do you find people without those tools then? Right. So I think that a good interview really is one where you ask somebody to kind of show off their bullion chops and show you where they can go and how they can deep dive without using tools like hire tool or seek out um, to be able to find those candidates. And so, I feel that like, you know, even like, cause personally, like, am I a great Boolean builder? You know, I have a lot of Boolean strings copied and saved, you know, or I have other people I ask, or like, I take a look at other strings and like, I kind of mangle them or mash them around. And like, so like, are these my strings that I'm sitting there and constructing myself? No, I have a template of charts. Just like coders go to libraries for, for their tools, right? <laughs> exactly. 
So, so here's, here, here's a thought. So as, as Garrick, as you're talking, I, I'm just Googling a few things here and I, I forget Googling, I, I Googled something around how to interview using real world problems or something like that. And an article came up with giving six different tips, right? <clears throat> and as you get to the, the second strategy says, present a real world problem, right? And it's kind of what we're talking about here. And it goes down a couple of things, right? So it says, are you working with hardware? Have them sit down, reassemble a piece that's been taken apart. Are you hiring for a help desk position? Encourage your candidate to actually take a call or two. But then, and I, and I think you guys, Brian, you might have touched on this or it, just now when you talked about seek out and, 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 and sourcing tools like that. Make sure you adapt the situation so that the candidates are in face with problems related to the tools or programs which they have no experience. Rather, give them a chance to actually show their stuff in a real-world environment. So what they're saying there is don't have them come in and use your system. What is their system? Regardless of whether you have it or not, right? Understand their thought process, what they're doing, how they, how they look at a problem, how they unravel it, how they put it back together. Um, that I'm okay with. I think where, and then we may be talking about different things, but I've seen so many companies where they're actually using interviews to solve a real problem, not hiring the candidate and using their solution. That mm. I think is complete BS. I don't think that's, I don't think that's legit. And I think, I think companies should be hit very hard for that. You know, but I've also talked to other technical leaders as well, and they've told me that, no, that that's what they've had to do, and they've done it. They're like, you know, they might ask you, like, so what's your, what's your solution in solving this infrastructure problem that we have? You know, and they ask, like, okay, how would you deal with it? And, like, they basically ask for a solution, and I've seen that too, and I've seen some people say that they're okay with doing that. I... Right. Do you guys do that <laughs> where, where you're at? So um, where I'm at, we have people whiteboard solutions, but typically we're not asking them to whiteboard a solution to a problem that we're trying to solve. Right. Um, what I mean by that, like, to, let me get a little specificity to that, is that when they go through the hiring process, there may be, like at RentPath, what we did is that we had a specific problem that we were asking somebody to solve using React.js and using hooks or using Redux and being able to have the backbone to commit to why they used hooks or why they used Redux, right? Um, but it was the same problem that was given over every time, right? It wasn't a problem that the business was actively trying to solve. Right. Um, what, what Ryan, what you're talking about, you know, I, I do know that there are startups that I've worked with in the past um, that do use the recruiting process is an opportunity to really see who it is that digs into the problem, who's asking questions that they haven't asked and seeing if they can yield a solution that kind of comes at things from a different angle. But no, nah, you know, for the, for the most part, you know, we're, we're standardized. We're not asking somebody to solve a, right. a problem that we're specifically working on or that we're struggling with. Yeah. See standard as I can get behind it's when it's when you're leveraging the candidates to solve your problem and then not on live them on. that's the issue that i have like why can't you let me work on old stuff i can work on old stuff and show you right. just the same way on a wreck that you had maybe two three years ago let me, let me ask you this then <clears throat> when you and and so when you're when you're in maybe not you but when when a recruiter we'll just stick to recruiting when a recruiter's interviewing for a job 
should they, and obviously they should interview the company as well, should they interview the company regarding the technologies that they're using and the tools that they're using for when sure, they come in to do their job? Absolutely. Sure. The recruiter should definitely be asking like, hey, so what am I going to get? And like, what are you guys working with? And what's it like? I mean, mm-hmm. maybe you hate Workday as a database. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe. Using, right. And the recruiter yeah. should then make their decision based on that, right? Not based on that, but as part of their decision, I think that's a legit reason not to take a position. So, uh, although, well, I mean, although I would say that like as a good recruiter, like if you have tools or if you don't have tools, so what? Like, that's nice to know. That's nice to know, but it's not really what's going to change my mind about whether or not to accept a role there. Oh, they're using Workday. They're not using Greenhouse or I, I need to be a lever nurtured. No, I don't need to be. Right. Can I get around it? Yeah. Can the, will the tool help me? It will help me. It will save some time, but can I do it without it? Yeah, I can. Garrick, you know, another question that I'm wondering about is that, you know, we're, we're really focusing on, on this activity of sourcing, which we, we know is important for recruiters. Um, do you ever face questions in the interview process about how you create a great candidate experience? Because I know that, you know, there's so many companies that, that really want to make sure they have great CX, but I, I, I just wonder, are recruiters being asked this question anymore? I wasn't asked it at Amazon, but I'm just kind of wondering out loud, like what's going on in the Valley. You know, so I've considered, and like, I think there's a lot of different kind of recruiters who bring different strengths. Um, and when it's, when you're sitting in your own seat, like you don't always, I don't always recognize what my own strengths are when I compare myself to other people. Um, I am very fortunate that Amy Miller spends her time to mentor and teach me. And she had mentioned that one of my greatest strengths was candidate experience, that I really do think about candidates and what they're going through and how to form those relationships to maybe mine them for more candidates later on. And surprisingly, I don't often get that in interviews. I don't actually get a lot of questions about candidate experience or they don't always seem to care to hear about my experience with candidates or how I brought a particular candidate through. Like that's all I've been like, okay, okay, yeah, 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 okay. And then how do you fill the pipeline? How do you fill your funnel? And it, it's just, filling a funnel is easy, but just how do you get them through the finish line to me, I think is, is the, uh, is a more appropriate question. So let's do this. Let's do, let's, let's, let's narrow this down for, for the recruiters and sourcers that are out there, whether they're interviewing or doing the interviewing uh, for, for a role within sourcing, recruiting, et cetera. Let's give them three tips. What are the three top things, Garrick, on your mind that you would tell a recruiter who is interviewing another recruiter on best practices and then vice versa, the recruiter who's interviewing to get the job? Talk to people like the people. Don't just run through a list of questions and get question and answer, but here's some stories. Here's some stories about successes and failures about this recruiter. Right? Talk about your successes and failures. Talk about how you did it. I think ultimately at the end of the day, it's really a lot of us can do this. A lot of us may have something that is missing, but it can be taught and learned. Um, I think at the end of the day, what really matters is do I get along with this person? Can I work with this person? That's really what we're trying to get to at the end of the day. Right? Or where is this person's level at? I mean, what is, where is this person's? level of experience because I've seen so many senior technical recruiters with about a year and a half experience of agency experience, but they're senior technical recruiters. Okay. I see staffing managers with two years of experience. I'm like, okay, 
but that doesn't really mean to tell you like what their experience is or what their successes or failures are. And I think those are more important things to concentrate on. Did I lose you guys? No, Garrett, that was, that was pretty powerful. I mean, that's something actually that I've noticed too, is that you've got, I mean, the first time I was a director of recruiting for a startup, I, I would, I would argue that I was pretty young, um, you know, that I had, uh, you know, half the experience that I have now. Um, and, uh, that is, that, that is good thought. That is good fodder for thought and for continued conversation about, you know, how it is that individuals who have less experience maybe have moved up the ranks a little bit faster or how they're in a decision-making capacity, what it is that they've done. And I think that those stories are, are equally important as to what you will do when you're in the role, kind of asking that those uh, behavioral based questions. Yeah. You know what? I think next time when somebody says, did I lose you guys? We just be silent. Yeah. We just we just let them sit there in that awkward elevator silence. That would have been classic. Dude, Garrett, this has been really, really insightful, man. Great tips. I think people are gonna get a lot of good stuff out of this. Thank you. Got anything else for them? Uh, I appreciate um, the time. Thank you. You, you know, I, I like that Garrett mentioned Amy Miller. She was somebody who came up in conversation five days ago. Um, Amy Miller recruiting in my yoga pants. She has a great YouTube channel that talks about things like candidate experience, like recruiting experience, um, and, and growing that, um, I, I would just, I would just add, check her out. Yeah. Google, I learned Google so much her. from her. She's my teacher. Yeah. That's awesome. Google her. She's, she's definitely worth it. And we'll add a link down there somewhere, uh, for people to, to click through. Garrick, thank you so much, ma'am. Cool. Thank you guys. Be well, Garrick. It's over. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com. 